And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's Fantasy Baseball in 15, we'll discuss a pitching performance that was no mean feat. Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have That's not had uh, three co-crews yet. It worked great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball in 15 for Thursday, May 6th. I'm Al Melkier, and with me here is Derek Van Riper and DVR. Another day, another no-hitter. At least it seems that way so far in 2021, but this one was pretty impressive. I guess they're always impressive. But John Means with a no-hitter, and this was a pitcher that uh, you and I discussed. Now, uh, you know, granted, this was this is the Mariners, so you know, I think we generally assume that to be a pretty favorable matchup, but... I had recently done rankings. You uh, took a look at, at a draft I did. You were extremely helpful. And one of the suggestions was to maybe not be so aggressive with John Means. I did move him down, but I kept him in the top 40. So post no hitter, I ask you, do you think he belongs in the top 40 among starting pitchers? I think this is similar to Carlos Rodon in some ways where the fast start and then an amazing performance but combined are going to lead some people to go higher than they should. But I do think the case for means is pretty interesting because if you look at the underlying numbers, the strikeout rate is as high as it's ever been for him in the big leagues. And that was before 12 Ks in the no-hitter. He was at 27.3% in his first 37 innings. So that's a step in the right direction. The walk rate was actually a career worst at 7.2%. Didn't walk anybody in the no-hitter. So obviously pretty good improvement there. So now that's probably closer to his career norm. And his home run rate was actually the best of his career entering Tuesday's start. That's going to come down. So of those skills, are we confident enough in the increased strikeout rate to say he's clearly a lot better than he was in the past? And look, the ratios for his career, especially for a guy pitching half his games in Baltimore to this point, were better than I realized. And I wondered if I had him previously underrated during draft season, but I still don't know if I want to push him up into that that Sonny Gray, Hunjin Ryu, you know, that that range, that's like top 20. That's, that seems a little high. Is he kind of in the Pablo Lopez cluster? Like that, that could be about right. Yeah, and uh, I, I think that's roughly where I do have him. Uh, yeah, I don't think he belongs, you know, in like the top, 30 even. Um, but I, I will say there, there's a difference to me in terms of making a decision about ranking John Means and making a decision about Carlos Rodon. I, going into the season, John Means as a top 40 pitcher wasn't a crazy proposition. Carlos Rodon was not on my radar <laughs> whatsoever. Uh, I, I think probably not even in my top 100. So for me to rank him where I did, and I ranked him even higher than I ranked Means, it was just looking at what he did in four starts this year and him just 
blown off the doors of, you know, practically every team he's faced so far and just being so dominant that it, it's just, you can't ignore that there's some radical improvement there with Rodon with means I'm a little bit more skeptical that he's not going to regress. But the thing is, what will he regress to? He'll regress to being somebody who gets a lot of pop-ups and uh, with, with that soft contact, he can still be successful even if he's not getting the swing and miss as much um, over the longer haul of the season. Yeah, and the changeup's really good. It's something Eno's talked about for a long time. It's part of the reason why Eno's liked him as long as he has. So, you know, fastball changeup as the two primary weapons, secondaries, you get the curveball and the slider. He throws him just enough to say that he's truly got four pitches. I think the really interesting thing with Means going forward, and I would take Carlos Rodon over him for the rest of the season based on everything we have right now, there is a possibility that John Means, as a controllable starter, gets traded to a contender. If he gets traded out of Baltimore and out of the AL East, especially if he gets traded across leagues into the NL, then I'm more of a believer by quite a bit. I think part of my reservation with John Means is that I don't want to use him at home more often than not. And any pitcher like that, for me, is really difficult to put any higher than the back of the top 40. Well, I don't know where Dietrich ends is in uh, the major leagues, major league organizations, but I just hope if Means gets traded, it's to whatever team Dietrich ends is on. And I'll leave it there. Um, George Springer placed back on the injured list, uh, still dealing with that quad issue. Um, it's a retroactive to Monday, this uh, IL placement. And I have to wonder, DVR, if um, a factor here is that the Blue Jays start off next week in Atlanta. No DH. So maybe they just figured he wasn't really going to do much this week and he was going to have, and he was gonna, maybe going to have a hard time getting into the lineup early next week. But whatever the reason, uh, George Springer out for a little bit longer. Anthony Rondon placed on the injured list with a knee contusion. Jose Rojas got the start at third base uh, and presumably will for most of those starts while Rondon is out. Uh, Justin Upton, also day-to-day with a knee contusion. This is going to loom big in a discussion we're going to have later, DVR. So we'll just you know, put a pin in these Angels uh, situations here for, for a little bit. Uh, Alex, Alex Kirloff to the injured list with a right wrist sprain. Joey Votto out for a month with a fractured thumb. Uh, Brandon Nimmo, no surprise here, really. He's gone on the injured list after missing some games with a finger contusion. That also was a move that was pushed back to Monday. Steven Strasburg scheduled to throw a sim game this Thursday. Uh, so he's working back towards his return. Buster Posey with an early exit at Colorado with a tight hamstring. Of course, Posey off to a fantastic start so far this year. Johnny Cueto uh, in some more Giants news. He will come back and start on Sunday. And Gabe Kapler says that Tyler Rogers is going to start pitching in some more save situations going forward. That comes from a tweet from Susan Slusser of the San Francisco Chronicle. So um, that's a bit of closer news. And Diego Castillo to the injured list with groin tightness. But according to Mark Topkin of the Tampa Bay Times, that the Rays closer may only miss the minimum of 10 days. And Daniel Bard got another save, contrary to our naysaying a few days back on this podcast. Yeah, I don't really want to put a lot of stock in Daniel Bard, even with that pleasant result on Wednesday. So tread carefully there. I would, yeah. I'm still assuming that sooner or later, it's going to be Michael Givens. Again, totally unsubstantiated, just... Just a gut thing. But that's how we roll with closers in uh, in fantasy baseball. 
All right, let's take a look at some standouts from Wednesday, all starting pitchers, uh, some some good pitching performances. So that's where we'll put the put the focus uh, beyond John Means. Uh, Max Fried in his return to the Atlanta rotation, five innings, just one run on four hits and a walk with six strikeouts at Washington. So very nice return there. Do we just assume he picks up where he left off? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think... I think we probably could assume that. I think with Freed, he's shown an ability to induce a lot of weak contact, and he misses bats. I know the control is a bit of an issue, but I trust home run suppression as a skill of his. So I think based on that great first start back, relatively speaking, I'm all the way back in. If I had any reservations about Freed, they're pretty much gone at this point. All right. Um, I'll have a conversation again with Michael Beller in a couple weeks because <laughs> he is the Freed skeptic on this show. Uh, I'm skeptical of John Gray's performance at Coors Field this year. He came into his start, his home start against the Giants with a 1.85 home ERA this year. Not Hasn't been very good on the road, but at Coors Field, he's been terrific so far, um, even down to the peripherals. Another good start. Uh, six innings, two runs on four hits, a couple of walks, eight strikeouts. I can't explain a DVR, so I'm going to leave it to you. I can't either because I have John Gray in NL Labor. It's a 12-team league. He's a reserve for me there. I can carefully spot him in for road matchups or any home starts that I feel good about, and I don't really feel good about any of his home starts. I only have him in case I need the innings. I haven't had him active all season. I think his only road start came against the Dodgers early in the season. I wasn't going to use him for that. So he's been on my bench for all of this in the deepest possible league that I play in. I have no explanation. I'm sure as soon as I activate him, he'll be terrible. And for the good of everyone here, I will not activate him. I will at least be kind enough to trade him to someone else. And I'll let you know when I do. All right. Well, that as we've discussed, that has been how my season's been going. So uh, yeah, it must be something about this show, I guess. And one more performance that I think we just really can't ignore. And that is Haiyan Jong Young. For the Rangers, three and a third. So, you know, he's been operating in, in long relief, so not really stretched out, but three and a third at Minnesota, one run, four hits, one walk, eight strikeouts, and 15 swinging strikes in just 66 pitches. So that is a dominant performance. I have to think that's going to earn him uh, another turn in the Rangers rotation. I immediately went out, put in bids uh, in my deeper leagues where he was available. I think we, I think we got to do at least that. Deep, deep leagues, maybe. I'm skeptical of the workload. I know the results were great in this outing. I mean, I'm going back and looking at his KBO results. 2019 looks like an outlier. He had a 229 ERA and a 107 whip that year, but ERA is above four both in 2018 and 2020. The whips weren't that good. There were years where the K rate wasn't that high. I just I want to believe in new things and shiny new toys, but I'm not there. All right, you have been the voice of reason on this episode, as you are on every episode. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's go to streamers where I think, again, you're, you're the voice of reason because um, in our notes, uh, I, I just put a note to you saying, I don't see any streamers. It's a, it's a smaller slate. 
We've got a lot of ace versus ace uh, matchups here and then some lesser pitchers with not so great matchups. So I didn't see any any middle ground, which is where we look for the streamers. You pointed out Madison Bumgarner, who I think certainly qualifies from a quality perspective. I thought maybe he wouldn't be available enough, but why not suggest it to people? Uh, Madison Bumgarner against the the Marlins. Um, I mean, do you, I don't see any reason to hesitate here. No, Park's good. Matchup's good. I think with Bumgarner, we're seeing a you know, 402 FIP on the season that's probably about the best case scenario for his era going forward he doesn't walk a ton of guys so he shouldn't hurt you too much there and the k's have been there too i mean that's one of the pleasant surprises this season from madison bumgarner striking out 25 percent of the batters that he's facing so he's kind of right back to that 2019 range skills wise so again 390 era that year pitching in san francisco take him out of that park adjust upwards a little bit i think you got to say thumbs up even in shallow leagues because the marlins offense is pretty woeful right now yeah yeah well let's go to uh, stock watch and look at some players moving up some players moving down and um, talk about another veteran pitcher who I think is has really been overlooked for a few years now but seems to be having a little resurgence and that's Adam Wainwright and his, in his last three starts in particular now the results the surface results haven't always been good but uh, he, over that stretch he has a 31.3 percent CSW so that's swinging and called strikes combined It's a little higher than his um, full season rate and getting a lot more chases over the last few starts as well, a 35.6% rate, which is outstanding. Um, Both of those marks are among the 15 highest since April 20th uh, among qualified pitchers. So uh, I actually have picked him up in one league recently, and um, I think uh, Wayno might be back. I think he's kind of similar to Adam Wayne, uh, to Madison Bumgarner at this stage where it's not a use him all the time situation, but you're getting more K's than you expected. He doesn't hurt himself with walks. The problem we're seeing with Wainwright at this stage of his career, he is susceptible to the long ball. So he's far from perfect skills wise, but he's more usable than I thought he'd be coming into the season. So I would agree with the up arrow. All right. And Avisail Garcia, miserable start, but the power was there when he was connecting. He's striking out less now, seven for his last 17 going into Wednesday. And then last I looked at Philadelphia, he was four for four. And that was before the game wrapped up, but you know, minimum of four hits. So that's pretty good. Um, So continue to hit for power. So I give him the up arrow. And then uh, in terms of down, Kevin Biggio, he's been moving down in the order, uh, batting in the lower third or or at least sixth and lower uh, of late. Uh, two for his last 19 entering Wednesday. So not so good there. And then on the pitching side, uh, Aaron Savali, uh, this pains me because this was one of my favorite guys going into this year, but he started off with two starts against Detroit, which were great, as you would expect. Since then in four starts, just a 7.4% swinging strike rate, uh, 15% strikeout rate. Uh, he's, his ERA is, is respectable. It's below four because he's avoiding the barrels, but uh, the, this is a little dicey. It is. I've got Savale in a couple of deeper leagues. I've looked at him as a possible trade target in a few places where I need pitching. And I think he's more of a hold than someone that I'm actively going after at this point or actively trying to get rid of. Um, but I'm not necessarily afraid to deal him if I'm working out a trade and someone asks for him as part of the return either. So uh, it's really important this early to look at the schedule and say, oh, hey, you know, actually the strength of schedule here has been surprisingly week or a lot of great things happened in these two or three starts and everything else has been mediocre because things will level out over the course of the season. He's not going to get more than what four more starts against the Tigers spread out over the rest of the season at the absolute most. So you do have to be kind of careful if you're seeing some outlier results this early. 
Yeah, great advice there. So on that note, we're going to wrap up this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. Uh, We will urge you once again, if uh, you do have an opportunity to rate and review this podcast, we really do appreciate it when you take the time to do that. For Derek Van Riper, I'm Al Melkier, and we'll be right back here on Friday. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.